Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Farah, and joining me today is McAllister. Um, and today we're going to talk about the origins of the French Revolution. We're going to do a little bit of a uh, series here on the French Revolution. Today we're going to get into the causes of it. Good morning, McAllister. Hi. Big uh, fan of the French Revolution? Not particularly, no. Not really. Uh, I find it extremely interesting. It's a good lesson of what happens when you allow really crazy people to infiltrate your government. <laughs> But we won't get to that point today. Today, we're just going to mainly talk about the causes. And I have 11 different causes to the French Revolution. That feels like a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in France, which will lead that basically the government to completely collapse. Oh, goodness. All right. So basically, um, just a quick breakdown of what's going on in France. France is an absolute monarchy at this point. Louis XVI is in charge. And by most accounts... He isn't really a competent leader. Oh, yeah. They're definitely the only ones in shambles right now. Um, I've heard him referred to as that fat, ill-bred boy and also being fat, stupid, and lazy. Not Those are inaccurate. Two, two descriptions of Louis XIV. Um, Louis really has no interest in governing. He just likes living the lifestyle, partying, and eating. Well, he's got the setting for it. He does. So his grandfather, or great-grandfather, Louis XIV, is going to build a massive palace. And that kind of gets this whole thing rolling. Okay? Mm -hmm. He builds the Palace of Versailles, massive house, and spends a lot of France's money building himself this massive house. That definitely won't come back to bite him. Nope. It also does something else. It moves the political power. Prior to that, the king had always lived in Paris. But Louis XIV didn't like Paris, so he builds Versailles where his hunting cabin was. And what you're going to see is political party power then moves to Versailles, and Paris is just kind of, the Parisians are just there kind of hanging out with no really contact with the king anymore. Total alienation of all political power. Yes. Definitely a good idea. Yes. So it's not going to hurt for Louis XIV, but Louis XVI is going to be an issue for him. Okay. Just a little. So other things that are going on. France is going through tremendous economic problems at this point. Um, they are in tremendous debt. One of the reasons is Versailles. One number I've seen is 50% of France's GDP is going towards maintaining Versailles. Just maintaining it? Just maintaining it. Oh, wow. That would be like if 50% of our country's wealth is going towards maintaining the White House. I don't think the White House is that big. It isn't that big, but just for a comparison. Also, they're in tremendous debt from several wars. Uh, the French and Indian War goes badly for them. Mm. They invest a lot of money in that and lose. And they also lose Canada, which was a big money maker for them. So they don't have that income coming in. Also, they help aid the United States in the American Revolution. Which was great for us. It worked out well for us. Yes, very well. Problem is for them... They gave us a bunch of money, and then when they asked for it back, we said, sorry, we don't have it. Eh, well, no. Which was accurate, because we were completely broke at that point. Um, so, massive debt is just piling on with on the French government. The other issue is they have a really, really horrible tax system put in place. So, the way France is broken down socially at this point is there's the estates. 
there's three of them. There's the first estate, second estate, and the third estate because they're really original with names. Mm. So in the first estate, you have the clergy. So members of the church. They don't have to pay taxes. Oh, well, of course. But they own 10% of the land. Definitely makes sense. So they are extremely wealthy, not paying any taxes. You have the second estate, which is nobility. Let me guess. Also no taxes. Also no taxes, but they own 70% of the land. Ah. And they are just living it up. They're always hanging out of Versailles, and they are just having these massive parties. What percent of the population are they? Uh, they're like 1%. Ah. Yes. Between the clergy and uh, the nobility, it's about 2% total. So the other 98% fall within the third estate. And they pay all the taxes. Hmm. They also have no money. <laughs> it's kind of hard to tax people without money because no, no, then no. you it makes don't... total logical sense. Yes, because then you don't get tax revenue. So this outdated social system, this outdated economic system is just causing France to go farther and farther into debt. Then to make things worse is they're going through a population boom. Because why not? Starting in the 1700s, Europe starts experiencing a massive population boom. Um, you're starting to see the beginnings of the Industrial Revolution, starting to see the beginnings of the Second Agricultural Revolution. So population is going to start increasing. So po uh, France's population will go from about 18 to 26 million, which makes it the largest country population-wise in Europe. It's a jump. It's, um, <laughs> and the other issue is going to be is because the economy is trash, Jobs aren't keeping up with the pace of population. Oh, no. About 33% of people in France are jobless. And to clarify, these people are still taxed, right? Correct. Great. Yes. And um, there's there's even some weird rule where you are for, if you can't pay your taxes, you're basically like enslaved to like nobles oh. to pay off your taxes. Wasn't feudalism not a thing anymore? It is not, but it's kind of coming back because of the, the lack of tax revenue and all that stuff. The peasants are having a great time out there. Mm -hmm. Other thing that's becoming a problem is massive inflation. Ah. Because you don't have people making things and because the population is exploding, there is a lack of goods. Inflation was sitting at about 65%. So the price of things increases, pay does not. Correct. Therefore, where are the taxes coming from? Nowhere. But the government keeps on spending money on themselves. The All 1% right. keeps on spending money on their houses and having massive parties. Louis the 14th, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Yes, he is, he is very, very wise. Um, there's also going to be all sorts of other kind of things are just kind of coming together all at once here. So another reason why you're seeing massive inflation, you're going to see it on bread. And bread is a major staple of the French diet. Um, still today, everyone eats bread. Well, there is a um, environmental thing that goes on that is called the mini ice age. So temperatures in Europe drop about two degrees on average. That doesn't sound like a lot. But it's enough to cut down your growing season, so they're not able to grow enough wheat. So there's shortages of wheat, therefore shortages of bread. Bread prices skyrocket, even though people aren't making money. So now you got people starving. Oh no! So they're 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 being forced to pay taxes, even though they have no money. 
They have no jobs, they have no food, and they're living in horrid conditions. And you wonder why I don't like the French Revolution. <laughs> All right. Um, also, socially, you got a lot of influences uh, coming into play here because of the Enlightenment. So mm -hmm. you did have a growing middle class within France. Mm -hmm. They were called the bourgeoisie. And they were making money off of trade, all that stuff. The bourgeoisie really hated the second estate. Is that how you pronounce that? That's how I was. How do you pronounce it? Bourgeoisie. Oh, I'm not. I don't speak French. Bourgeoisie. <laughs> I failed in high school. I always saw bourgeoisie. All right. So I've been corrected. Bourge bourgeoisie. All right. <laughs> we always have fun little lessons on this podcast, like oh, math, French, bourgeoisie. Math. Don't bring, uh, don't, don't bring back don't the math. Bring bad, bad, bad. I'm stuff. not going to question it. All right. So the bourgeoisie, growing middle class, um, they they have strong resentment for that second estate. Who doesn't? Because the bourgeoisie is educated enough to kind of realize what's going on. Like these people are spending all our money and they don't contribute anything to society. Ah, uh, yes, literacy. Um, the bourgeoisie is also because they are educated, they're becoming um, in tune with enlightenment principles. Weren't those involved in the American Revolution? Which they also have become aware of. That's Ooh. important to know. So they've just seen this revolution occur in the United States, where basically they've overthrown the British government in the United States, and they're setting up this democracy with a new constitution and all that stuff. And they're like, this doesn't sound half bad. Hmm, Let's put something that? in the place where maybe political power can be shared here. What a novel idea. Yes. Um, so coming back to Louis the 14th, that guy, you have the inflation, you have the issues with the taxes, you have growing resentment within society and Louis the 14th being an 16th being an absolute monarchy has to figure out something to fix the problems. And because he's an absolute genius, he's going to fix it all, right? False. He's going to choose to do nothing because he has no intent of being a leader. He puts a guy in charge to fix his problems. His name is Jacques Necker. And he goes, all right, Jacques, fix our financial problems. You know, I don't think laissez-faire works in this scenario. No. Necker comes back to him and says, all right, here's the solution. You have to tax the first and second estate. Without them, we have no revenue coming in, and we are going to continue to be in financial debt. Solid idea. Louis says, no. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I expected. Yes. So he just he's just like, I don't I don't want to tax my buddies. I like partying with them. <laughs> All right. Um, so the way the French government worked is you had the Estates General. Yes. So the Estates General was kind of like the legislative body of France, but it really wasn't because it didn't have a whole lot of power because in order for them to meet, the king had to call them to session. How long has it been since the king called them at that point? It was like over 200 years. Fun. Yes. And the way the states general worked is every estate got one vote. Okay. So even though the third estate made up 98% of the population, oh, gosh. they only get one vote. Is so, it by majority vote? It is. Oh, so wonderful. The, so they always get outvoted by the first and second estate and status quo always maintains. Um, so there's, like I said, big uproar within society. There's also other ish things going on that uh, 
French citizens are not really happy about. One is Louis's wife. Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. She was never really well liked. Um, Wasn't she, she from Austria? She was from Austria. Little fun nugget. She brought the croissant with her. Croissants aren't actually French. They're Austrian. She brought her like private baker from Austria because she was homesick to bring her, make her croissants. Seems like something a queen would do. Carry there, on. There's a whole story behind it. There's it's a crescent shaped pastry because it was made to um, celebrate the victory over the Ottomans at the Battle of Vienna. Huh. The more you know. And now they're tasty little treats with chocolate and butter in them. Why would you put chocolate in a croissant? You never had a croissant with chocolate in the middle? Croissants are for making sandwiches out of. Oh, no, the chocolate croissants. So good. So um, Marie, Antoinette, Marie Antoinette, not very well liked. All right. And she is also spending just loads of money on herself. She's not happy with the palace of Versailles. So she actually builds herself like a mini palace to, that reflects like the countryside on the palace grounds. I, Okay. Yeah. Definitely not a huge sinkhole for money. Nope. And there's also issues because um, they, they it took a while for them to have kids. So people were making fun of them because of that and thinking they were ill fit to be monarchs and things like that. So there's a lot of resentment towards her as well. The one role of the queen, make another <clears throat> yes. king. I think they have a son and a daughter eventually. Hmm. So... Louis got all these problems on him. He's asked Nakur to fix them. Nakur came up with a reasonable solution. He says no. Well, now, because he doesn't want to govern and doesn't want to make decisions, he makes the fatal flaw of saying, all right, I'm going to call the estate's general order. Definitely not going to be chaotic at all. No. And as the state's general comes to order, the third estate is going to say, listen, before we come here, we have to come prepared. So I want you guys all to make a list of grievances so they come with basically everything they're upset about just a couple bullet points and there's a word for them is it a constitution Kyers. Did i say that right c-a-h-i-e-r-s yes vocab term french revolution unit so they come prepared uh, and they start debating and eventually they just say all right, we're done with this whole estates general thing. We're leaving. Oh. And we're going to go and make a new constitution. I mean, go for it, bestie. Why yes. not? Yes. And they they proclaim themselves the National Assembly. Mm. Basically saying, we are the assembly of the people. We reflect the people. Therefore, we are doing this for the people. Is Good this, PR move. Is this official at all? No. Great. Because they're not recognized by the king or the first or second estate. There are some members of the first and second estate that are kind of starting to see the writing on the wall. So they kind of cross the aisle. But for the most part, everyone is still just status quo. Wow. Well, then Louis, in his infinite wisdom, he finally starts paying attention. And people start telling him, listen, the third estate is up in a roar here, and they want to create a new constitution. So in his infinite wisdom, Louis will then send the army to the estates general to lock the doors because there's no other buildings in Paris where the third estate can meet. Legally. 
or no, just, just in, general. in general. Yeah, just in general. Like there's no building big he enough. He doesn't like officially ban them. He just locks the doors, saying, oh, "If I lock funny. the doors, they can't meet inside this building. Therefore, they can't come up with a new constitution." That's so petty. So they go next door to a tennis court, and they make an oath, saying, "We will not leave this tennis court until we have a constitution in place." Did they like camp out in there? Or did they just go back every day? I think they just went back every day. It'd be so much funnier if they camped out. They just camped out. That would be kind of funny. A camping constitution convention. There's that word again. I can't pronounce. Uh, So all that stuff are kind of like the lead up to the French Revolution. But there is one event as considered the official start of the French Revolution. And And it entails what's going on at the tennis court. All right. So when we talk about the American Revolution, there's typically like one event that's considered the start of it. The one that elementary schoolers consider the start of it? Sure. Boston Tea Party. Ah, Lexington and Concord. Okay. Like that's that's what sparks it all and that's what starts the fighting and all that stuff. So word starts getting around Paris. The third estate is doing something. They're trying to help us out. They're meeting in this tennis court. They're going to make a constitution. Things are looking good. How do they figure this out? Word spreading. It's just word of mouth, just spreading. This is going to be a major issue in the French Revolution. It's like the game of telephone. I was going to say And that. like just things get distorted all the time. Well, within this messaging going back and forth between people on the streets and things like that, rumors start coming uh, coming about that Louis is going to do something about the National Assembly. That he is going to send in the army and he's going to arrest them all. Oh, goodness. Problem is, this would require Louis to take some initiative which we know he doesn't have. Poor guy. I mean, at one point, if you, rich guy. his diary, he kept a diary. And at one point, there, there's a like a six-day stretch where every day he just wrote eight. I mean, he certainly did. I mean, he's, he's got a hard life. All right. So all these rumors start coming about that. Louis coming in with the army. He's taking down the National Assembly. He's going to arrest everything. And this thing is just going to be done. How big is this army? Uh, France has a really big army at this point. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they have one of the largest armies in Europe. So people in Paris going up, they, they start freaking out and they start panicking. So they'd say, we need to do something to defend ourselves against the army that's going to arrest these people that are representing us. Is it revolt time? It's, it's about revolt time. Yeah. So they storm what is called the Bastille. The Bastille is an old middle medieval fortress in the middle of Paris. That's where the government keeps political prisoners, but more importantly, that's where they keep a lot of weapons. Ammunition. Yes. Mm. So they want to go there, get the ammunition so they could defend themselves. And there's some poor guard there that's just guarding the doors, eating dinner, and they tear him apart, put his head on a stake, and oh. just start parading it around Paris. That definitely won't become a tradition. No. They do a lot worse. <laughs> foreshadowing there oh gosh that poor guy he had like nothing to do with anything it's just wrong place wrong time how well guarded is this place in the first place there's like six guards oh yes poor dudes yeah and one guy i think there's another guard like the head guard is like having dinner at a table and at one point he even like invites like the people storming like for a meal and they eat with him and then they kill him it's it's just like chaos. And that's what's going to be the general trend of a lot of the French Revolution. It's just 
chaos. From head guard to beheaded guard. So they get the weapons, they free the political prisoners, and then they literally start tearing down the Bastille brick by brick by hand. Ouch. There's, there's, if you go to Paris today, there's just a little cornerstone of the Bastille left. But that's how angry these people were, is that they're literally ter- tearing down what we think of like an old medieval castle by hand. Like just ripping it apart. And I then mean, they start selling pieces of it. Like that's very symbolic and all, but how many people would you need to do that? I'm assuming a lot. Like starting from the top and just... But today that is called Bastille Day. And that is like the 4th of July in France. Oh. So that is how the French Revolution starts. You know, that makes even less sense than us celebrating not the actual day that the Constitution was signed. Declaration of Independence, July 4th. Declaration of Independence. Listen, mistakes have been made. When's Constitution Day? There is a Constitution Day. We don't celebrate that, though. In my defense, all the words are the same, and it's (laughs) 8 in the morning. Well, that is the causes of the French Revolution. September 17th is Constitution Day. All right. Mm. Why don't we celebrate that? That should be a national holiday. Mark your calendars, everybody. Have some more barbecues. Shoot off more fireworks. <laughs> so? People are already tired July of July 4th Have is in the beginning of July. What's the difference? One summer and one's closer to winter for the northern states. And? It's still warm in September. Fireworks uh, are definitely safe then. So thank you for joining us. And uh, join us again next week as we dive in a little deeper to uh, the actual revolution and what goes on. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.